Hello, and welcome back to SAS Stories and Sarcasm. We're your hosts, Mary and Brian, and this is episode 175. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Mary. Uh, definitely had an exciting week. Uh, most exciting of the events that I did was definitely you and I both went to a cracking game. Last minute, too. Last minute, yeah. We are eyeballing ticket prices because we noticed, you know, like on the day of tickets, they're just people are just getting rid of them at that point. So I think it started off at about $100 for like one of the outermost seats, which we mm-hmm. ended up not getting like the last, last row, which was cool. But, you know, I think the game started at seven, right? Started at seven. I was looking at ticket prices throughout the day, but really started like refreshing StubHub and Ticketmaster at about five or 5.30. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, we're going to call this by 6.30 because the game started at seven. We'll call it by 6.30 if we, you know, aren't finding good tickets. Um, and so we were hoping to get it down below $50 each, including fees. So uh, I, you know, assumed that StubHub would have cheaper prices, but I guess people were reselling their tickets on Ticketmaster too. And finally, at about 610, $615, I found tickets for $45 each, including fees, which is really good for a cracking game since it's the first season. I know for Mariners tickets, we pay like $10, <laughs> but this right. is the first season. So people are extra excited about hockey this year. I'm sure that in the future years, we'll be able to get them for $20 or something. Yeah. <laughs> but um, this year, it's a big deal to get them for under $50 each. So um, yeah, by like 6.15, I called Brian. I'm like, do you want to go? $45, including fees. Yes, let's go. Um, then we drove, parked, walked, and we're in our seats 30 minutes later at 6.45, which is pretty incredible. Uh, and we were like right in the center. Um, I don't know what the midline is center called. Center of the rink. Yeah, or, center or, of the whatever it's called. And, uh, you know, they said there was some big announcement before the game. And so I was like, maybe they're going to unveil the mascot. If I don't know if hockey even does that. I think they do. Uh, but no, it was not that. They had a – I've been to one other game uh, last month with Chip. But um, they had a longer intro to the team. And what I think is really cool about uh, Climate Pledge Arena is they they project stuff onto the ice. Um, so, you know, before the game, it was against the LA Kings. So they were projecting the Kraken logo and the Kings logo onto um, the rink. But mm-hmm. then they had the whole intro with waves crashing and yeah, know, they played a video. Yeah, tentacle going across the whole um, in the whole rink, and then all of a sudden, this big thing starts dropping down from the top. It's a giant tentacle that lights up, and people are like, "Ooh!" So that was a big announcement. <laughs> uh, also, at the last game I went to, um, we never scored, so I didn't know what it was like for the Kraken to score, uh, what happened, you know, when that happens. And they did score this game uh, it's one time, actually, but they thought it was two. So it did happen twice, but only one of the points counted. Uh, it was like a foghorn went off pretty loudly. And then there's like a big red light on the screens. Uh, basically, I guess it's just trying to emulate like if a like Kraken fireworks. Were, well, <laughs> if, if a Kraken was coming in to see like emergency type of thing, I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Did how was your uh, first NHL hockey game, Brian? Honestly, that might have been my. Uh, maybe I went to like a minor league hockey. I, th- I think I briefly remember a hockey game like a long time ago in the my past, but mm-hmm. that was super cool. Like I remember actually looking up like 
some of the rules online and one of the intermissions of like, all right, yeah. what am I actually watching here? <laughs> Cause you know, it's a fast paced game. You just have to, you're like, Oh, where's the puck? Where's the puck? Oh, it's stuck between four players in the wall. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> love when they is. smash each other up against the, the side. It's kind of funny to watch. And yeah. there was one fight that out- took place in this game too. So that was, you know, exciting broke mm-hmm. up pretty quickly, but yeah. Uh, yeah. And, oh, one other thing I thought was kind of interesting during the game, not exactly hockey related, but um, during one of, between one of the periods, there's like a 20 minute break and uh, the Alaska Airlines sponsored event was these two people went out on tricycles um, on the ice rink. And all of a sudden with the projectors, they lit up a path that they had to follow um, and by tricycle around and then they could win tickets to uh, fly on Alaska. But I thought it was funny. Another use of the projectors that were yeah, it was like very a unique. projected raceway. Yeah, it was very cool. And then, you know, of course, the um, employees helping out, they had uh, lights like they would have at the airport to like direct them, like, come this way. And so that was pretty funny. We ended up losing the game, but overall it was fun. Uh, I still mm-hmm. think it's funny that so many people um, make signs to say, my first Kraken game, like, yeah, it's most people's first Kraken game since it's the first season. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I just think that's kind of funny. But that was fun because it was very spontaneous. Yes, like Saturday morning, I was like, what could we do today? And I was like, oh, LA Kings are in town. Maybe we could go to the game, but only if it's a good price. So right. it all worked out. Um, any other things you wanted to highlight this week? I have a few more. Uh, no, no. I mean, I, you, you can go ahead. <laughs> what? I think it's... All right. I, I do have one more thing, but it's, it's, it's not really interesting. So I'll just, I'll just say it. So I was having breakfast this morning <laughs> and I, for some random reason decided, you know what? I am not going, I was going to make, I was making myself oatmeal and <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take two dishes. I'm just going to make, uh, start off with a bowl and fill it full of water not always the best idea. So I heated up the water and I'm like, all right, let's find out how many packages of oatmeal now fit this water. And it, and it was not the smartest idea. It ended up being three packages. I figured I'd just share that with you. <laughs> okay. Are you going to have, do you have leftover oatmeal then, or did you eat it all? Well, I mean, it, it was fine. Like it was, it was like a tiny, they're coming like tiny packages. Yeah. But uh, yeah, do it separately. Pour the, pour the oatmeal at first and then pour the water in. That's I was just like, week. I was just like, all right, here's one package up. Oh, here's two packages up. Oh, here's three. Fa- okay. Three is enough. And, uh, thank God we stopped at three. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. okay. My two other updates are, um, tried making air fryer wings this week and, mm. uh, Brian and I both really like them. Right. Use a spiceology smoky, uh, smoky something habanero and very, oh, smoky honey habanero, I believe. And it's very good. Uh, I would recommend if you have an air fryer. Yeah, um, I definitely recommend those spices. They're really oh yeah, spiceology. And then uh, lastly, so I was working in the office on Thursday, and then I came home halfway through the day since I live pretty close, and uh, came home and my Wi-Fi was out, and you know, just I was like, okay, just restart the router, no big deal. Right. And this router is built into my closet. It came with my apartment when I moved in, so it's not my own router. Um, and you know, started talking to CenturyLink and I was like, I need to get back to work. Like what's going on? Emails right. just start coming in left and right. Like 
getting contacted. I'm like, ah. I mean, of <laughs> course I can go down. There's a co-working space in the building. So I needed that, but I was like, I need to figure out this Wi-Fi thing. Like what's going on. Uh, CenturyLink has no idea how to help me. They're just like, this was on Thursday. Let's see. It was on. It was like around lunchtime, right? Yeah. But it was on Thursday, uh, the 13th. And mm-hmm. they're like, we can't send out a technician until at least the 19th. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, it's like a week almost. That's like almost six days. And I was like, and it was anytime between eight and five. I'm like, I have to work that day. Like, that's not going to work for me. So long story short, I decided to, um, oh, and the people in my building, they couldn't, the, the maintenance people didn't know what to do either. Right. So I was like, I need Wi-Fi now. So <laughs> I'm going to switch. So I switched to uh, Wave G, same exact price. You get faster internet. And I, I did have to buy my own router this time, but the Wave G guy recommended an Amazon Eero router. And it's very much, much smaller and tiny. Brian couldn't even find it in my apartment. It's in. Yep. It was very hidden. You could like fit it in your hand. Yeah. Like, it's it's not small. one of those big bulky routers. And it's a little white thing and you can control it from your phone and there's no buttons on it. Uh, and, you know, got that figured out the next day, like back to having Wi-Fi. So if I hadn't switched, we wouldn't be doing the podcast right now because I still wouldn't have Wi-Fi at this time. I <laughs> uh, nope. just thought that was a good thing. And I was just happy to be able to get that quickly figured out. Um, but now we're going to move on to three interesting topics this week. Of course, we're going to start off with some Gonzaga basketball. I feel like we can't be talking about upcoming games anymore because the schedules keep getting messed up, but right. we can talk about the past games and we had two this week, which we're lucky enough to have two games in one weekend. Uh, just happy to have basketball overall and Gonzaga now is, um, the number one team in the nation once again back at the top where we started this season uh, after Baylor lost a few games and we've won some. So do you want to start off with a BYU game? Yes. Yes. So this game was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, BYU is supposed to be pretty good this year. Um, they're currently 14 and four uh, and we're 13 and two, but what was so great about this game was the back and forthness of it and how much we scored and how well rounded our team looked, I think. Um, but basically, so like I said, the first half was pretty back and forth. It ended up, uh, it was, uh, 61 to 49. So that's like a comfortable, comfortable thing quotes, uh, you know, 11 point or 12 point lead. And basically. And to the, note, BYU is probably our biggest competitor in the WCC. So. Yes. Um, yes. They're our biggest competitor. And you know, every now and then they, they'd make a run bringing it closer. And I'm like, Oh, here comes BYU. And then, uh, you know, we, we pull away basically around that. And we ended up winning actually with a score of 110 to 84. So we, we widened our lead during halftime, but some notable players I'd like to give a shout out to definitely drew Timmy. Oh, yeah. uh, he scored 30 points and he's so efficient. He's, he, he shot 13 for 14 from the field. So we only missed one shot. That's like extremely efficient. That's so good. Uh, yeah. And we extended uh, the nation's longest home winning streak to 61 games. What? Yeah. That. 61. That's crazy. Um, and Andrew Nemhard, who had been struggling a little bit recently, he scored 22 points and got 12 assists. So that's good for him. And then Julian Strother added 20 more points for Gonzaga. And I we... even heard that uh, Joe Few got to play. Oh, did he? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't... 
at that point, it was probably at the very end. Yeah, so. it's <laughs> still, I think that was his first time uh, playing. Yeah, he had one minute of play time. Oh, okay. But good well, for him. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. That's Mark son for those of you who don't know. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and just just to note how, how great I think our team played was our three-point field goal percentage was over 50%. We went 11 from 21. And then our field goal percentage, we almost shot 70% as a team. We shot 69.4%. Well, so, BYU uh, shot 43.2%. So that's a, that's why we won the game. Yes, yes. They actually took more shots than us because of uh, rebounding and uh, turnovers. But mm-hmm. we shot such a high percentage that it didn't even matter. Um, and one thing we need to work on a little bit is free throws where we shot 65%. But hey, when you're scoring 110 points a game, that's it. It, it really helps you out. <laughs> I did hear that they had to good. cancel uh, Tent City for this game, which is unfortunate, mm. but I was still happy to see students in the kennel. Um, I saw something on Instagram, I think, and it was like, if your mask is below your nose or your chin, you will be kicked out of the kennel, which I'm glad they're enforcing that. But I'm right. also just mostly happy that students are able to go to the game at all. Uh, you know, having Tent City canceled would was pretty bad. Right. It's not just right. because of the cold weather. But at least they got to go to the game. I know they missed all of last year, so got to make up for lost time. Got to go to as many games as they can while they're student. Um, and then we played uh, Santa Clara on Saturday. And again, we won um, by over 100 points. The final score was 115 to 83. So that makes the last three games we scored over 100 points in every game in the other team, Pepperdine, BYU, and uh, Santa Clara all scored in the 80-point range. So right winning by quite a bit. Um, and again, very good game by Drew Timmy. He was 14 for 18 in his field goals um, and had 32 points. Yeah, that's crazy good. And then Andrew Nemhard also had 19 points. Uh, what's, what's good to note is we also, once again, during the first half, we jumped out to a pretty big lead. We scored 60 points in the first half, which is really good you know there are teams that sometimes score like that's, 20 the, all points. You, that's all you score in the whole game sometimes. yeah that's that's you know a, a final score sometimes mm-hmm. but yeah 60 points and like you said we scored 115 total uh i have to say it's very even first half and second half um first half we scored 60 santa clara scored 41 second half we scored 55 santa clara scored 42 so very consistent um game for both teams throughout the whole entire game um very evenly you know, didn't play better in one half than the other. Yes. And what's interesting is entering this game, Santa Clara entered the game with the 15th most or best field goal percentage at 49.1, but our defense held them to just 39.7. So we also played really well, really good defense. It wasn't just our offense, which resulted in our, uh, it was kind of a blowout at that point, but good job Zags. Yes. Um, like I said, it's kind of hard to predict if we'll actually be playing the games in the future. But as of right now, we have uh, San Francisco on January 20th and then LMU on January 27th as the next up two upcoming games. Right. But we'll see if that actually happens. Hopefully they do. It's crazy to think that in about two months, we'll be headed into March Madness. You know, WCC tournament will be over and we'll be you know playing potentially our first uh, game tournament game. The tournament yeah. game. Yeah, it's, it's so right crazy corner. and so exciting. Um, yeah. Shopping online can be a real hassle. You have to jump from tab to tab, comparing prices and trying coupon codes to make sure you're getting the best deal. 
let me introduce you to Honey, the world's most popular money-saving app and browser extension. I use Honey all the time. Whenever I'm about to check out online, I click the button and it finds me the best coupon code available and instantly applies them to my cart. Honey is totally free. In fact, the only thing it can do is save you money. Get the Honey browser extension by going to sassstorysarcasm.com slash honey and start saving some money today. Did you know the American Heart Association recommends 150 active minutes each week to help with heart health? What if you could earn rewards just for being healthy? That's where Paceline comes in. Paceline is a free app that gives you rewards for exercising 150 minutes per week. Keep up a weekly streak and get even more rewards. Every week of your streak, the rewards vary. You can choose from gift cards from Amazon, Starbucks, Target, and more to discounts for products or services and even donations to charitable organizations. Join me on Paceline. To get started, download the free Paceline app, connect it to your activity tracker, and use our referral code SSSPOD to start earning rewards just for being healthy. So next up, we're going to talk about uh, CES, which is a the Consumer Electronics Show, which ended um, about a week or so ago in Las Vegas. It mm-hmm. was in person this year. And so tons and tons of new technology was unveiled, technology and products and things that are coming out now or in the next year or so. Uh, so Brian and I chose um, five or six of our favorites um, each, and we're just going to talk through them. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, and just to clarify, these aren't my favorites. They're just interesting <laughs> to okay. me. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the first one I found, which is pretty cool actually, is the Dell's ultra sharp monitor, which makes video calls less horrible. Um, as you guys know, there's a lot of working from home hybrid stuff like that. And usually you have, you know, your work laptop, which may or may not have a good, uh, you know, like camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, uh, 32 inch 4k conference monitor is built for, uh, presentations and, uh, uh, basically, you know, you're working from home situation where you can actually give, uh, you know, show your face. <laughs> now, I don't know if you want to see your face in high definition, but you'll be showing that. Um, what's really cool about this camera also is it has an auto framing feature to keep you centered and in focus and an auto light correction which I guess helps with, you know, poor lighting in, uh, you know, your apartments or house or wherever. My apartment has terrible lighting. So honestly, I could probably use that, but you know, uh, unfortunately. You don't even need to have your camera on most of the time. Yes, exactly. Luckily for me, I don't need my camera. And this, this, this monitor also comes with a little panel that allows you to turn off and on the monitor easily with like a little switch that should be by your hand Mm -hmm. so if you need to uh turn off your camera because someone ran into your room or whatever uh you can do that very easily (laughs) uh yeah so that that'll be mine uh it's it didn't say exactly what it's going for on the website but it is by dell and this is an innovation for the pandemic basically that's what i'm reading that as Okay. So the first product that I want to talk about, this just reminded me of my, how my instant pot that I got my air fryer lid for, for Christmas, but this is Panasonic seven in one oven. Um, it's a countertop appliance and it, uh, can do literally everything. It steams convection, baking, sanitizing. It can, uh, ferment 
and stew in as well as air fry uh has 18 preset meal options and just a four button uh, control system and it's gonna come out in april and it's 500 dollars so it's not as big as you know it's just a compact oven so it's not as big of, as a normal oven it, from the picture it looks about the size of like a microwave um mm-hmm. but it can do everything <laughs> everything yeah. that's pretty cool um what i have next is chevy's 2024 silverado ev pickup and what's really cool about this is it's an ev um it's built like most modern EVs where they're basically like this big block with the wheels. <laughs> um, what's cool about this Chevy is it, it offers 400 miles on full charge, which comfortably beats the lightning's 230 that's Ford's EV version. Um, and 300 mile optional extended range. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it also offers level two. I'm not sure exactly what level two means, but level two autonomous driving mode, you know, how we're starting to incorporate autonomous driving into, uh, you know, cars that everyday people can drive. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's fancy. Uh, I, I, for one welcome autonomous driving. There's really bad drivers out there and anything helps quite frankly. (laughs) Um, but this is going to be pricey. Uh, the RTS, uh, first edition is going to go for $105,000. Yikes. And then, uh, basically the, uh, secondary model is going to go for about $40,000. So you're going to have to cough up a chunk of change if you want, uh, this electric pickup truck, but it will be available for pre-orders and delivery in the summer of 2024. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, next one I'm going to talk about is also a car. It's called LG's Omnipod. Um, it's a self-driving van that you can serve as your office, your living space, or just a hangout area. Um, it's basically very dystopian. It drives itself, um, autonomous, autonomous vehicle, and it can serve as a mobile office or a private space in your parked in your yard or, you know, just anything you want it to be, a personal aerobic studio. It says cool. you can store food and drinks inside the cabin. The chair reclines for nighttime or sleeping. Um, it also has an AI avatar named Rhea, who serves as your friendly on-screen companion as you autonomously navigate the metaverse. Oh, okay, okay. So is it like a car also, or is it like a- It is some- a car. Okay, okay. It's a, it looks like a van. Yeah. Mm, and there's okay. windows all the way around. Gotcha. It looks like them. I'm picturing like a big sphere with wheels. <laughs> when you um, say it, pod. No, it literally looks like a van. It's long, okay. like a, a van. Gotcha. All mm-hmm. right. All right. That's fancy. All right. Up next. And this is why I said, this is my favorite. Uh, there's this hot uh, hair dye. Uh, it's getting high tech uh, with this CES event with L'Oreal's color Sonic. And Apparently, according to this article I'm reading, dyeing your hair is a tricky business. I've not tried that, so I cannot confirm or deny that. Neither have I. Uh, but this apparently is supposed to make hair dyeing a lot less pain, painful and it make the experience painless. Uh, basically, what it is, is it's a brush with a cartridge. Kind of, I think of it like a printer kind of, but it's like a brush with a cartridge and you basically are brushing your hair for about 30 minutes and... Uh, there's an app that allows you to virtually try on hair. I think we mentioned something similar to this a while ago where you could like virtually try on types of haircuts and hairstyles, but this app lets you virtually try on a certain shade of hair and then you get, it'll just tell you like how to brush it. Oh and yeah. I kind of do remember 
talking about that potentially yeah. last year when we talked about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. I think this is a different company but yeah. it seems like that the technology is now maturing a little bit and yeah so you just brush on this hair and you know or the hair color not the hair <laughs> if only you could do that uh yeah that that's pretty cool you know I'm not in the mood to try that, but maybe one day you'll see me with a, some red highlights or whatever. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, next up is Asus came out with a foldable tablet. That's also a touchscreen laptop. So basically it's just a picture, a 17 inch tablet that can fold up, has a kickstand in the back, and then it become, it can make it into a uh, laptop that has, you know, one continuous screen and it just displays a keyboard for the lower half. Um, so it's, you can use it in many different ways. Um, it, they don't know how much it's going to cost yet, but they think, think it's going to come out later, uh, this year. So I feel like it'll be pretty expensive, but, oh yeah. um, I feel like those, those tablets that can bend and fold are, are pretty cool. And I feel like that's what's coming. It's so interesting to think how we used to have flip phones. And now we, then we have, you know, street phones, like an iPhone. And mm-hmm. now we're kind of transitioning we're going back. Like flip phones are like foldable technology again. Yes. I think it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have the feeling of flipping open a phone. <laughs> or hanging Anyways. up a phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be cool. Uh, so my next, my next product is Skydio. Uh, they're launching a new AI powered drone. And this isn't like the type of drones that you find at like, Walmart or Toys R Us. These are expensive, uh, high-tech AI-powered autonomous flight systems. It's uh, the, It has an AI autonomous flight system called Keyframe, which basically helps you, it, it will sense, um, you know, like objects and assist your flying. I, I know you have a drone, Mary, and you tried it out a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, uh, you know, it's hard not to bump into things, but well, I've only done it inside. So I mean, my apartment's not that big. So yes, that is true. That is true. Maybe you'd be a a drone expert outside. (laughs) Once it's light out after I finish work at 5 PM, then maybe I can try it outside. But so far that has not been the case. (laughs) Yes. All right. But here, here's the big kicker. Uh, this drone is starting at $1,100. So unless you have that amount of money to spare, you'll probably only experience this through someone else's YouTube video. <laughs> but it also has uh, a camera, which will allow... Uh, of course, that would that'd be... That would defeat the purpose of a drone. It kind yeah. of be like a remote control airplane at that point. But yes, uh, it's supposed to do a lot of uh, fancy... It's supposed to have upgraded basically features that you already have in drones, which is basically like cameras. And then of course the AI powered like flight uh, help uh, guide. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, I have a BMW that has e-ink paint that animates. So basically uh, BMW came out with this uh, bodywork tech that replaces traditional exterior paint with e-ink technology. Um, it's basically gonna help um, more than just like aesthetically uh, it says that the color change can also help cut the amount of cooling and heating required from the vehicle's air conditioning, reducing battery drain. Um, and basically, you could change your car color much more easily. Uh, the e-ink on the prototype uses microcapsules with white pigments that positively in black pigments. And so, uh, and each is the thickness of a human hair. Um, so with a push of a button, you could c- cycle through any shade between uh, white and black and also run animated patterns, which I feel like that's very dangerous on the road, but 
Right. We'll see. Good thing it's not on the road yet. Right, right. No, oh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, and my my last product that I found was Aftershocks. They're rebranding just to Shocks, and they are launching a new bone conduction headphones. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is like it's it's an emerging technology. You know how uh, uh, basically you don't have the headphone across over your head. It's basically near your jawline, and it's basically bas- open ear, so you can yeah. still hear the world around you, but. Yes, it sends vibrations directly into your inner ear by pass, bypassing the eardrum by vibrating the, the bones in your head with sonic waves. So I've never tried these. Me neither. Uh, uh, but they sound really cool. And honestly, if it was, these are going for about $200. If they're a little bit cheaper, I totally would, you know, get some version of this because, you know, headphones can be clunky. And this is honestly something really cool. It'd be kind of cool just to experience hearing sound when you don't put something in your ear yeah. <laughs> or over your ear. Mm-hmm. But yes, that, that was my last one because I thought that was pretty cool. I haven't, I've looked around on the internet. They don't have like gaming ones yet. <laughs> so I'm not really interested in like just some casual listening to music ones. <laughs> I feel like those would be good if you're like out for a run or a walk outside. Oh you, yeah. You want to be yeah. able to hear traffic. I know that some, some. Uh, you think they have current... like exercise ones? Yeah, but I know that there's some current like in-ear um ones that supposedly bring in outdoor sound mm. even though you have something in your ear but it, i think it'd be better to not have something in your ear at all yeah um, yeah i think that's cool i think yeah. that's really cool and that's that's my last one so they're going for about 200 dollars if you guys are interested um my last one is the wags freedom smart dog collar basically starting in march you can add tags to create invisible fences around specific areas of your house and then the collar creates an invisible barrier around your property um, while the tags create another smaller off-limits area within that larger one. And these are the tags are like thin little credit card shaped things that you can put in like under a sofa cushion or um, in a room that you don't want your dog to go in. Um, and through the app, you can pair them with the collar and create this, a zone. Um, but mm-hmm. they're not like shock collars because they use vibrations and ultrasonic sounds to keep your pet where they need to be without harming or traumatizing them. So it doesn't say how much those cost, but they're coming out in like a month or two. Yeah. I hope I always like wonder like the like effectiveness of like shock devices, like a, if they work or in like humane, they're not like painful or B if like the dog's like big enough and he's just running somewhere, he's just going to run over it. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know, but that'd be interesting to see that technology develop too. And then this last uh, story, it's, it wasn't at CES, but this is also a uh, medical advancement. Um, there was a 57-year-old man who gets the first genetically modified pig heart um, in the world's first transplant. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit, Brian? Oh, yes, yes. So this guy's name is David Bennett. He's 57, and he was doing well. And he's doing well three days after this seven-hour experimental procedure in Baltimore. Uh, basically, this transplant was considered the last hope of saving Mr. Bennett's life. Uh, so it's kind of experimental, right? Uh, it's not clear on how long he has to survive after this. Cause this is like extremely experimental, but it was he, either, it was either he was going to die or he needed to use. Right. This. Right. He said it was either die or do this transplant before the yeah. surgery. It was a shot in the dark, but it was his last, uh, last chance. And so far the experiment or the experimental procedure has gone 
well, uh, he had terminal heart disease and he would otherwise died. So this is uh, quite a breakthrough in medicine, quite frankly, just the fact that, you know, the procedure worked to start, but, you know, now it's kind of just waiting and holding your breath. And it's basically one step closer to solving an organ shortage crisis. Um, the surgeon said that currently 17 people die every day in the U.S. waiting for a transplant. And so, if, you know, at least some of the people or everyone could, uh, you know, there's a lot more pig hearts available out there. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that would help quite a bit. And also it would help because they wouldn't have to fly all over the country to recover organs to put into patients either. Right, right. Uh, so we're going to be, hopefully this, this procedure works and it's able to, uh, you know, be used, like you said, for other patients that are waiting for, you know, heart transplants Mm -hmm. or any organ. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all we have for this week. Um, we hope you enjoy and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.